Anyway, uh, this week, well, you know who I'm joined by now. I've been joined by uh, publisher Andy Jackson. Hello. Who's scribbling away doing his homework because Catch he hasn't... Ca- hasn't <laughs> I've only his... just been handed the, what we're talking about, so this is on the fly. And uh, um, deputy editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. Hello, stat man. <laughs> I've got some stats, actually. Um, You've got some stats, Well, straight into it. Review of round 12, Hyundai A-League, all last week's action. Starting off on uh, Friday with Newcastle Jets against Central Coast Mariners. The F3 derby, and uh, Newcastle Jets ran out 2-1 winners. All the goals coming in in an early spurt there, Trev. Yeah, well, I'll go first because Andy's still um, figuring out what he's going to say. He's in the room. Um, After my uh, slightly knocking the the F3 derby, this was a, a slightly better one after a few. Uh, a few drab affairs um, Jets you know returning to winning ways but I was looking at you know the Mariners results and the Mariners seem to be the kings of sort of false dawns like they'll get a really good result not just you know a good result a very very good result and then they'll follow it by a load of poor results so, I mean they open up against Melbourne winning 2-0 and then got two draws and a loss after that you know they beat Gold Coast 3-0 which d- turns out that's not that hard to do anyway and then they you know drew and lost the game after that and then they go to Brisbane and win 3-0 and again you think well they've got it together you know now they can kick on make the finals and then they lose their next game against the Jets they just need to sort of sort out their consistency and go on a bit of a run and find the right time to hit that run as they go into the finals if they're going to be sort of serious about making the grand final well, they are actually the most consistent team if you look at it most Consist- symmetrical anyway 12 games yeah. 4 wins 4 draws 4 losses so it says if every 3 game they, the 3 games they play they win one they draw one they lose one mm. yeah the most consistent, consistently inconsistent team. team in the league. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Newcastle. I mean, Michael Bridges, pretty decent goal there. Good goal for Bridges. I mean, we talked about you know, would he be the key for that? And um, and he, he sort of was because I think that early goal settled them down a bit and got them off to a good start. Horrendous dive later in the game. That has to be said. <laughs> Uh, that was just awful to let himself down there but yeah, yeah I, I mean Newcastle have all, you know, has always played pretty good football and I think but with, without necessarily the end product for the, the possession and the chances they've created so hopefully with Bridges and Haliti who since his comeback has looked, looked yeah. handy as well had a much better second spell now than, than the first time he was at Newcastle yeah. isn't he so yeah, I think I think we could see um, could see a bit of a resurgence from the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, game on Saturday, the early game was Melbourne victory against Adelaide, uh, the uh, friendly 
rivalry that the two teams enjoy and uh, kind of went to form there really with uh, Melbourne Victory running out 3-1 winners very good crowd there at, at the Etihad yeah when, I mean, when the thing that makes me laugh uh, is when you've got a team that has so obviously got the wood over you the last thing you want is to be in a league where you play every team three times <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the worst nightmares of managing it not them again yeah so I mean, the, the Adelaide fans must just be sick of playing Melbourne because they must just go we're not going to win that home or away but uh, Duganzic I thought was, was excellent two good goals again we, we spoke about him and highlighted his sort of cameo performance the week before so it was good to see Ernie Merrick giving him a start and yeah. can't argue with that two goals from midfield and what do we think that Adelaide need to do to beat the victory um, yeah, I think they'd like to know that as well. I think it's a bit of a psychological thing, isn't it? It, it carries on going on. Uh, Muscat was making you know a few comments ahead of the game, saying that the Melbourne players you know do lift their game against Adelaide because they do see that kind of rivalry there, and Adelaide aren't playing particularly well at the moment. Um, it's probably the last place they wanted to go. But I wanted to make a point on that. Uh, is it Mate Dukantic? Yeah. Um, that young lad who's who's Melbourne born, but he's from Croatian um, descent. He's just got back from spending a year um, in Croatia. I think he was at Dinamo Zagreb, so you know had a big team. Then he went to a second tier Zagreb side, and he, he came back in January. And now he's got his break in the A League. Now we're not getting overexcited because he's only done well in one game. But if he did go on to be an international quality player, um, you have to think if the A League didn't exist, would he have stayed in Croatia? And which probably would have made him more likely to represent the Croatian national team. But yeah. having the A League has got him back he's now playing regular and you know he's Melbourne born so there's a chance now that if he is that good then he'll pick Australia over Croatia yeah good point good point uh, second game North Queensland against Perth Glory and uh, yeah North Queensland pulling it out and actually winning one fighting First back home and in, I think one. I predicted that did I not last week do you want to get the audio back out well you yeah. tipped the Mariners as well though did I yeah I think so oh, no, I said to look out for Bridges and Degandic <laughs> and I tipped North Queensland to win um, great and, and you got 6-0 didn't you as well that yeah, was, no. yeah, that was the um, great winner from Dyer and Dahl yeah he got so much power considering the ball was sort of behind him um, Fowler you know really cheeky effort yeah, and that's they're the little sort of touch is that you know because you do see the referee very clearly says to the player taking the onus is on the player taking the free kick which is do you want the wall back or do you want to be able to take it and if if he off the wall then they can't play it until the whistle goes he didn't quite clearly and just tucked it in the corner so again you've got to look at Valapi as well um, because you know he, he was the one because it, it wasn't like he, he whacked it in he just rolled it in yeah. and if he's on the ball then he picks that up but um, he was too busy organising his wall um, so yeah again Perth like, like the Mariners really just a bit inconsistent a little bit hit and miss so. yeah, yeah and uh, Sikora's out injured for, for a month a, for a, yeah. with a what was it, a hamstring tear or something yeah. so um, mm. they're going to have to do some reshuffling but uh, are we convinced by Dyer and Dahl there was some uh, there was some stories coming out that you know they're going to have to struggle to keep hold of him but I thought he's been more Dyer and Dud than Dyer and Dahl Ooh. recently he but, has, he, has he, he struggled at first I don't think he was anywhere near fit when they threw him into the team um, and it took a while to adapt to not get overexcited it, it was a great finish but you know you have to score goals consistently 
instantly before you get um, overexcited about a player. Back to the, the, the Fowler quick free kick, as we pointed out in the newsletter. It's nothing new. He's done it before. Did it against Manchester United in 2004. And it's not well, common, but it's happened a few times. Ian Hart did it against Arsenal. Henri did it against Chelsea. I think Giggs did it against Lille in the Champions League. Mm. It's one of those things that you know perhaps wouldn't have crossed your mind as you're getting ready to, to put the wall up. But you know they did faff around for long enough. Perth. It's one of those things as well where probably in the Premier League you see someone stand so close to the ball mm. that it's difficult to actually get it around. But they, they actually retreated probably six or seven yards yeah. and were getting themselves sorted and that gave him Do you think Fowler said to the ref, I'm taking it now? Yeah, I think you, you have think, to... Yeah, you have to say the to the ref, the ref asks you when you can... But will the, the ref ask you every time? Yeah, yeah. saying, do you, want, do you want the wall back? Or yeah. do you want to... You know, and that means that, that if you ask for the wall to be marched back the full ten yards, you have to wait for the referee's whistle. Yeah. Mm. And if you, if you take it quickly and you hit a player three it's, yards away, you don't yeah. get a retake. It's just, get I think it just has to be stationary in the right point and you clear it of the referee and then you can pretty much do what you want. Good stuff. Yeah, I thought Dahl was all right. Was the story, I mean, I, I heard that he, originally was he signed on, a, on an injury replacement mm. and then when that ran out, he then stayed in Townsville and trained on his own and, and stayed fit and really showed for, like in Ferguson that he wanted to be there so they've okay. given him another uh, another shot at it I don't mind him I think he's alright I think he's a good foil for Fowler the big big guy up front gives him another option but you know that goal was um, was a cracker you shouldn't really talk about Fowler and foil should you really <laughs> but anyway moving on uh, Wellington Phoenix against Gold Coast United now I was going to phone up whoever was working on the website this weekend last weekend and tell them that they'd screwed up and put the score around the wrong way Wellington Phoenix 6 goal Coast United nil, and uh, didn't really, lucky didn't. I didn't because um, the the Phoenix completely obliterated them. I mean, no, I just did. I mean, I watched I watched the first half of this before leaving to uh, to go to the Sydney game, and and it was just like it was. Yeah, they they went ahead and they were one nil up when I left, and then by the time I got to to the SFS and said it was five five nil, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but you know, I think as. Um, as I think it was Paul Eiffel said in, in the week, you know, they have been threatening, they have been creating a lot of chances and I suppose you do get those days where, where everything goes in. And I think you said that last week, you're waiting for them to, to smash someone. I might have done. Yeah. Did I? I think you might have, yeah, because I, I thought that when I saw the score. Funny thing about it's this... It's a big love fest, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, uh, but I feel sh- didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's just a great player. I mean, the reports in the week saying he might be the best player in the A-League than about that, but he's certainly one of the better players. The thing is about this 6-0 result, you Know, one of the best teams in the league losing 6-0 I think the scoreline flattered them I think it could have been more uh, you know they had a few off the crossbar they just absolutely mauled them um, and if you look at the ladder now you know Wellington who were on this um, you know run of draws that were getting them nowhere slowly I mean they're now 7th um, they've got a game in hand over the Jets so a more than winnable game and if they can win that they'll sort of be up to up to 5th and we'll be talking about how, how close the, the ladder is one big result of that and it helped them out obviously on goal difference as well then they're now in a better position to jump above the Mariners. Yeah. Maybe the Gold Coast was suffering from their economy flight and the mm. after effects of that. No no Clive Jet this week. No, exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. We're, we're, and do we think Wellington playing above themselves or uh, Phoenix, um, sorry, or uh, Gold Coast playing below themselves or a bit of both? Yeah, I think probably a bit of both. Um, can we just have a word for Kevin on the website this week because it has been a website uh, with amazing headlines this week we've had Eiffel Towers above the rest we've had yeah. That's Dull folks yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the other one we had there was another one this week which I can't, I can't remember what it was 
Anyway. We'll oh, Blyberg, my Ricky Horror Show. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I think Blyberg wrote that himself, didn't he? In his comment, yeah. He's been working hard old Kev, so uh, big ups, props to Kev, as the kids say. And uh, final game, Sydney FC against Brisbane Raw at the SFS. Uh, Sydney running out 2-1 William. Wi- winners? <laughs> William. William. <laughs> William. <laughs> I can't even no see I've got, got Robbie on the brain or something like that. Uh, Alex Broskin, Carol Cassell found the net. Finally. Finally. Mm. After months of trying. Um, yeah, it wasn't a bad game, this, actually. Oh, it was all right. Um, mm. Sydney, Sydney played, as they have been all season, some nice sort of, nice sort of passing without ever really um, doing themselves justice in front of goal. Um, took them a while to get the first goal. And then when you looked at, after that second goal went in, you thought, well, that's it. You know, they're, they're either going to just coast to 2-0 or they might even go and, and score three or four. But then... Um, Brisbane got one back really quickly. We seemed to shock Sydney. And then, to be fair, Sydney were probably lucky to come away with the win um, because in the last sort of five, six minutes, Brisbane put them under an awful lot of pressure. Um, and given that, that Brisbane were pretty much missing the spine of their team from Reddy, Malcolm, Raw, Tiato, um, you'd, you'd probably say that as, as Ange Postacogli, you'd be probably encouraged by that. Mm. You'd probably look at it, particularly the way that at 2-0 they turned around and took it back to them and could have got a, could have got a point and you'd probably think had they come away from that with a point that would have really given them a lift but there's probably enough there and, and he's probably saying to them in the week you know that's what we can do and if you compare that with the capitulation against the Mariners the week before it was like chalk and cheese so you know there's, there's definitely some um, what we call it green shoots there for, mm. uh, for Ange I would say yeah, I think Clint Bolton was brilliant I think he's been really good this season a couple of penny saves um, and he's always been one of the the A-League's best keepers I think but he, he had a bit of a, a run of poor form last season lost his spot in the team and what have you but he's really looking um, good now um, I've got a Van Dyke stat if anyone's interested in it yeah. Sergio yeah. Van Dyke Hold on, let, let me just let me just get the tumbleweed off the, the table hang on hang on yeah Dick enthusiasm <laughs> um, he's, <38 laughs> movies. he's the most wasteful striker in the A-League really? Right? Really? where's the surprising part of this stat um, oh no I didn't claim it surprising oh, okay. um, he, uh, he's got four goals two of which were penalties yeah. so he's only got two two goals on open play 51 attempts on goal 31 of which are off target and Archie's the closest on 37 attempts but at least he's got five goals from open play oh, so, so Van Dyke shoots on sight yeah most wasteful striker in the early according to that stat that I just said excellent great um, well on that bombshell we'll, we'll leave you that's all we've got time for for this section but join us after the break as we'll be going through all the news from our website au.442.com all together now Australian football legends John Cosmina and Kevin Muscat have come together for the first time since their headline-grabbing sideline stoush nearly three years ago to become very special members of the Green and Gold Army on tour at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. With over 100 Socceroos caps between them, Cosy and Muskie will be arm-in-arm with the Green and Gold Army in South Africa and you could be there with them enjoying the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's FIFA authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australia group stage games, four additional World Cup group stage games, transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call one 300 300 
256 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast and now we're going to have a look at some of the news from our website which is au.442.com and uh, top of the list is Gold Coast United confirming that they'll be capping their crowds at 5,000 fans per game in a bid to save money and closing down three quarters of their stadium um, meaning that there will be empty seats all around on the TV coverage. They've gone from being probably everyone's favourite second team to being the most uh, hated team in the A-League. Do you, do you agree with that, Trev? I, I think they were pretty hated before, weren't they? The, the way they sort of uh, approached um, coming into the league. But this is just such a fall from grace in terms of what we saw from the first three rounds. Them, them sort of, you know, winning all their games and, you know, can anyone stop them? But, I mean, the crowds are always fairly disappointing. They're saying about capping it for 5,000 at the weekend. I don't think they'll get anywhere near that because you cannot treat people like that and there's even a bit of a campaign going through through our website to boycott the game at the weekends and I think they'll end up with under 4,000 there Again, I mean, the, when they, they capped it at five thousand and then set, initially said that the cheapest adult ticket was going to be forty-two dollars. I mean, I don't know. I mean, forget what was going on before the game. Let's just remember that sixty minutes love fest, that loving with Clive Palmer about you know, or well, one of these wheels of my trucks is is worth you know like Jason Kalina. Yeah. You know, it's like, mate, it's rubbish. You know, it was all rubbish. You know, all the talk of I want to give something to the Gold Coast, I want to put something back in, you know, pricing families out of the market like that so they can't go and watch their local football team. What's the point? Yeah. You, know, you either want to do this or not. It's not like there are, there are eight or clubs making millions and millions and millions of dollars. If they were, I could understand it. If he was a speculator, say, right, I'm going to come in, put a team, make a fortune, get out. Yeah. He must have gone into this with his eyes open because he, you know, he's the richest man in Australia. He's clearly not an idiot, you know. So he knew it wasn't going to be a money-making exercise, and he used the platform of 60 Minutes for a nice fluffy piece that said how it was all about giving back to the people of the Gold Coast, and he's a Queensland boy, and football's where it's at. And mm. was it 12 games in? You know, I'm sure Brisbane. I'm sure Brisbane would have liked to close down half of Suncorp to to save themselves a lot of money, but they're not doing it. And it I, it just seems to me that um, you know he's using this kind of business model. Uh, we can't afford to lose this money. It's a it's a business. When the whole point of him coming on board in the first place was the fact that he was willing to make the loss. Yeah. It was all about the the club and giving something back, as Andy said. Well, that's and, that's what he said when we interviewed him to do the Gold Coast feature. Obviously, one of the first questions is why. Why are you you know, forming a football club? And he said directly, we can dig the quote back up again. He goes, well, I'm doing it for the community. You don't make money out of football clubs. And he would have been aware of that before. Yeah. And he's even come out and said it. And now to just turn around, I mean, some people might say you don't get this rich from writing checks all the time. But to give up so early into the season as well and to not try other avenues before doing this, I think he's just he's making a statement, isn't he? And the CEO, Clive Mensink, has come out and uh, said that there won't be any U-turn on the closing off of the stadium. 
they've actually uh, cut the ticket prices down to uh, $30 for, for the cheapest adult seat, but that does not uh, does no longer include free public transport. Now, we did an interview with uh, Clive on the website. Kevin, our web editor, interviewed him yesterday, and um, one of the excerpts from what Clive has said is uh, um, it's been disappointing maybe from the beginning of the season we didn't interact enough, but to be honest, we've been on the road for quite some time. With the travelling and training requirements, it does make it a bit difficult to fulfil certain community involvement. I mean, they've been doing nothing above and beyond what the other nine teams have been doing. No travelling. Uh, just, it just really smells to me like that there's a bunch of businessmen who know nothing about the game. Mm. I mean, Clive Mensing is, 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 doesn't have a football background either, and they're applying this business model yeah. to, you know, no A-League teams made money. And it, come, it comes back to, to what, we, what the point I raised last week, which is these guys have not made their money in a service industry, in a, in a customer-focused service industry. They've made their money through mining natural resources. And again, in that interview with Kevin, um, you know, he's blaming the fans. You know, he's blaming the fans for not coming. He said, you know, that's not, you know, Kevin said, that's not the fault of the fans. And he's like, well, isn't it? The team's top of the table. You had second versus third with Perth and we only got 4,000. So is that Clive Palmer's fault? Why didn't they come? They knew about it. The game's on. You know, it's that sort of attitude that is just, you know, as a consumer, do you really feel like they want your business? Yeah. You know, it's that sort of, you know, I'm sorry, but... Field of Dreams was exactly that. It was a movie. But you know, if we... you build it, they don't always come. You've actually got to, got to yeah. incentivise people to come. Well, Trev, how do you think it's going to affect the, the team on the pitch? Because obviously you've got um, the, the team flew commercial to New Zealand. They didn't have Clive's uh, famous jet to fly with. And there is some talk of some unrest with the players um, and the board for some of the decisions that have been made. Andy also mentioned last week, you know, someone like Jason Kalina standing in the centre circle looking out at three empty stands thinking is this the best it's going to be you think it's going to affect them on the pitch exactly I mean, half of the reason why footballers have such a great job is that the fact that they get to play in front of you know loyal fans and scoring goals and stuff like that and Jason Clean has come back um, you know in the pomp of his career playing a European you know career to, to play there and he, he's got to be thinking do you know what and he, he could easily go back to, to Europe and there's nothing going to stop him from that you're right Clive might say I don't want to sell him but what we always learn if players want to leave clubs they will Schmelz is the same but also he... if what we're seeing is, is the motivating factor is saving money or, or recouping money then he signed Jason Kalina on a free transfer Jason was out of contract so if he, someone comes in for him in the January transfer window with a is he going to stop? Is he going to sell him? Try and recoup some of the losses? Mm. You know, in which so case, Adam the Griffiths whole model's goes, gone. You know? And what happens with the cap if they get more than, say they get more than 5,000, they're turning people away on the door? Yeah. You know, when they're capping yeah. it, how, are you, how do you know? Yeah. I'm going to say boycott it, don't go. Should, give, give, him a little, give him a little lesson in fan power. And the interesting thing as well, it's a bit of a sort of excuse, I know you guys knew this, but I was actually interviewed for that um, 60 Minutes programme and they didn't use any of the footage that they shot in our office. And um, some of the things, I mean, if they've still got it, they could have a look at it. You know, I talked about the fact that, you know, one of the dangers of people like this coming in is that they're very ego-driven, whether they like it or not. Mm. And the danger is if things don't go their way exactly and as quickly as they want, they'll take it away again. You know, and I think that's one. Is, is Gold Coast United the ego, stroking the ego of Clive Palmer that he wants? You know, yeah. is he looking at the fact that 4,000 people are turning up as taking it personally? 
You know, is he like, well, what, what do they want? And this is what seems to be coming out for Clive Mensch is, well, why aren't they here? Is it Clive Palmer's fault that they're not here? And if that's the way he's thinking, then maybe Clive Palmer's like, well, I've built this club, I've built this team, and they're top of the league, and no one's coming. Well, you know, sod them then. I'll close three sides of the stadium. You know, it's like 12 games in yeah. to building a club. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, the FFA must be pulling their hair out every day when they see this because it is just playing into the hands of everyone that wants to see the A-League fail, you know. Um, so I really hope that they, they sort things out because they need to. Fair enough. Well, moving on to more positive stuff. The Melbourne Heart coach, John Van Schip, has said that the new A-League side is committed to playing in the style of Barcelona, but he's not afraid to... He's got to fit Lionel ball. Messi, Xavi and, uh, and Iniesta under the salary cap. We'll be all right. And he's come out and said, if you are dominant, then the opponent mostly has to react to what you are doing and not the other way around. Of course, when the opponent has the ball, we have to go back in our positions. It's, it's funny you should do that, Axon, because I, I spoke to Aidan yesterday, you know, about his trip to Melbourne and you know, I said you know, how, you know, how was he he says oh, the was that his accent wasn't really that Dutch uh, we do have to tell the listeners now that that wasn't oh, that a was tape a of him that was me yeah, doing because obviously I'm that, so good at doing that it was that convincing uh, he also said the philosophy of the Dutch <laughs> oh god drop it <laughs> <laughs> And also the way Barcelona play is to have a long-time possession of the ball. See, that would have sounded better in a Dutch accent. And then uh, you can dominate. But sometimes a long ball is good and it can be used. All of that is fine if he can find players to play that system within the salary cap. Yeah, you know, because it's not a huge amount of money. You know, we're at, we're talking about an average of what hundred grand just over. So if you can find a team of play, assemble a team that can play like Barcelona for that sort of money, good luck. But um, but yeah, I mean it's great. I mean the, the other great thing to see from that story were the pictures of the the stadium going up. Yeah, now, that looks like that is going to be a really good place to go and watch football. You know, really central, um, looks fantastic, and it would just be so nice to go to a proper purpose built mm. football stadium for once mm. which is a shame because the Gold Coast have got one of those as well that's not you know like the AFL pitches where you're miles away on the, on the side because you know. even the SFS is still quite a way away behind mm. the goals you know yeah. and, and from what I can see from that it look, does look like it's going to be really compact and uh, yeah good these, and then, uh, sorry these sexy football comments remind me a bit when Rud Hullick got appointed at Newcastle and we saw pretty much as far away from that as we possibly could before he got sacked yeah yeah. well he's, uh, he's obviously a master of uh, spin and trying to get the fans interested and another story uh, that pertains to the heart is that they're looking to possibly get Mark Viduka uh, out of retirement and in the, into the market. You love a Viduka story don't you? Before we can let it go. <laughs> Viduka's out of the closet again. How would you feel about Mark Viduka coming to play for the heart? I think Mark Viduka coming to play in the alley would be great but I think Mark Viduka playing again is is so far away at the moment I've just, I've just not seen anything from him that suggests that he wants to play and I just think it's a real easy name to band around in Melbourne and let's not forget you know, these guys are going into a competitive situation as an existing club and there would be a lot of Mark Viduka fans who are victory fans and it's a real easy way to sort of get a bit of publicity um, just get him signed and then parade him yeah. you know like with Villa we've got a thing with the Villa fans so I like because we always get lit, we get I think the 
they were running the total that in the pre-season Villa got li- li- linked with about 279 different players by the media and so they got a saying which is in the shirt and on the pitch like, mm. yeah, until he's in the shirt on the pitch let's just not even bother paying you know sort of um, any lip service to it and I'd say that with Viduka until I see him holding up a shirt whatever shirt that is then I'll, I'll be happy to start talking about him again he's on a yacht isn't he somewhere yeah, Viduka, and he's enjoying himself and he, he's, and not, he's not going to play blue. Yeah, if that's what he wants to do yeah, he must just sort of sit there going you know are they not getting it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gone. but he'd kill it in the A-League he'd still I reckon even if he hasn't played for two years he'd still be probably walk in as one of the one of the best players in the A-League if he came out and played Trev it, it'd be a big ass I don't think you can uh, deny a big that, ass but... did you say <laughs> yeah that as well but it's ironic that one of the most heartless players Australia's ever produced would sign for a team called Melbourne Hearts and uh, I don't think it'll happen there you go well moving on one of the last stories we've got is uh, Paul Ifill. we mentioned him before and Ricky Herbert's come out and said that he's uh, the best player in the A-League he's just so influential from a creative point of view if I was sitting in the stands and paying to come and watch a game he's someone I'd love to see week in week out can't really argue with that can you I'm not sure I'd say that he's the best I'd probably say he's the best value player in the league who's better than I'd say like Kalina Mm. is a better player um I'd probably say Hernandez is a better player, um, but for overall work rate, contribution, for the money they're paying him, and for the, and also you know probably the the, the best you know return on a, on the expectation because he came in with very little expectation and has has been fantastic. So. Yeah. Do you think he's uh, there or thereabouts, Trev? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just the coach bigging up one of their players because he's overexcited because they won 6 0. He is a very, very good player, a little bit selfish at times, but um, you know, p- perfect for Wellington. Great stuff. Well, look, that's all we've got time for in this uh, news roundup. But join us after the break where we'll be uh, having grading the A League teams in a school masterly way. And I'll be the head teacher and the, the two teachers coming in to report on their students. So uh, um, we'll be dressing up and all that kind of stuff, which you won't be able to see. So uh, join us after the break. Yeah, the boy just turned 22. <laughs> yeah, he's still the boy. But Jesus, so much pressure on kids today. We knew he was having problems that he wouldn't or couldn't talk about. Typical male. Anyway, I see an ad for Men's Line in the local paper and leave it where I think you'll see it. Because I'll never know, but he's more his old self. Men's Line is there 24 hours a day, every day. Call 1300 789 978. Time we had that beer, son. To 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider. We're in the second half and tell you what, it's hard work being a school teacher, doing all these uh, numbers and crunching and uh, the uh, the cane. You've got cane marks on your hand for doing your, your homework late, Andy, so I uh, hope it's up to scratch. We're going to have a look at the A-League teams in an almost halfway Half point of the, se- of the season. Um, we're going to grade the teams, see what they do well and what they could improve on and where we see them finishing. And and guys, we're going to start at the bottom of the table and work our ways up. And at number 10 in the ladder is North Queensland Fury. So Trev, tell me, what do you uh, what do you think they do well? What could they improve? And what's your grade? Okay, yeah, I mean, what they do well is they've got this great fighting spirit. We've seen that time and time again. 
they've probably got one of the best marquees in the league if not the best marquee in the league um, you know the crowds haven't been too bad considering um, the location they're in so their population ratio is population, strong yes <laughs> population conversion rate there we that's go right. um, no no it's the PCR <laughs> <laughs> things that need to improve probably you know the one thing I'll point out is just sort of 90 minutes of concentration just from start to finish you know silly lapses silly mistakes is, is costing them going behind in games and always constantly having to fight back um, another thing it's not so much criticism but just keeping players fit they haven't got you know the best starting 11 anyway um, so and they haven't got as much depth so you know have to keep as many people fit as possible so do you want my grade now grade Go please C minus C minus based on the f- based on, I thought that was quite generous you know they're, they're bottom of the league with only two wins where do you think they're going to finish I think they'll finish I still think they'll finish bottom to be honest with you but that's probably quite a good place for their first season based on that squad yeah fair enough Andy um, you know strengths I probably agree with Trevor's probably you know is their sort of fighting spirit weaknesses I probably say defensive like giving cheap goals away they've just got to stop doing that particularly when it's nil-nil um, I would probably give them a B in the context of the other new team and the all-round sort of recruitment of the marquee um, crowds you know f- as we said have been good for their for their market yep. um, they've been competitive even though they've only won two games they are bottom they've you know they've not really been hammered that many times you know it's like mm-hmm. and there's been a few games where they could have got that victory earlier but just didn't quite do it thrown away a couple of games so I'd probably give them a B because I'm, I'm a bit more generous than Trevor no, that's nice. I still think they'll finish bottom. Okay. But, I, you know, as a whole, I think they're definitely, compared with you know, the Gold Coast, on the right track. Good stuff. Second from bottom, Newcastle Jets FC. Andy, uh, your assessment of them? Um, what they're good at, I think they, they do play football. Um, sometimes to their detriment, sometimes they, they try and play too much football, I think. Um, and... I don't think they're they're sometimes nasty enough. Um, not not in a sort of vindictive way, but so I just think they they can tend to get muscled out of it a little bit. Um, yeah. They can be quite lightweight, particularly in the midfield. Um, and I think Branco spotted that because he, he said when they got when he saw the the bit of a dust up at the end of the you know towards the end of that game, he, he was actually encouraged by that because he said it it showed him that the players are getting a bit of passion and a, and a bit of spirit. Um, and I'd probably agree with him on that. So I'd probably give them a C minus because I, I don't think their results have really done the quality of their play you know the, the quality of their players deserve better results than it's got um, and I think they're going to finish exactly where they are wow okay. mm. yeah I've, I've been impressed by Lubo and uh, Rooney and, and Bridges who I, th- I think is well short of fitness at the moment but still playing well um, again like Andy was saying they do play good football which is always encouraging especially we're, we're trying to attract uh, crowds to games and they do play an attractive style what they're missing probably just a bit of cutting edge up front at times um, you know they're missing a lot of chances they're dominating they're having possession but they're not you know converting that into to positive results um, I'm going to give them a D plus D plus wow and, and I think he wasn't my teacher <laughs> I don't know I think they'll I, I agree I think they'll finish ninth ninth so they're ninth marooned where they are I think. Also, also I'm not entirely sure about the coach cleaner I, I watched some of his comments I think he's a little bit 
weird at times. The comments he says, slightly strange. Okay, so maybe maybe I think you've got to be slightly strange. Yeah, perhaps, coach, perhaps, <laughs> definitely. Uh, in eighth position, Brisbane Raw team in turmoil, um, but can they come well when exam time comes, Trevor? Oh, I see what you did yeah. there. Um, I, f- I, f- I think as I thought at the beginning of the season, they've got a really good mix of youth and experience in that team. There's a really nice balance to it, um, and I think in Van Dyke up front, they've got a quality target man. Um, the most wasteful strike <laughs> yeah. in the A-League. Yeah, good point. Ash, yeah. I'll back is rubbish. <laughs> um, the negative point, it's an obvious one, but it's a massive one, discipline. Um, and I think it's on and off the pitch. They really, they really need to... But my prediction, well, my, their mark so far... Mark so far. ...is a D-minus. Right. But I'm going to tip them to make the finals. Um, I think they're going to sneak in. I think they're going to be sixth. Okay. Um, you know, a new manager, players, players, <laughs> players coming back into the team. Um, yeah, sixth. I don't think they'll do a lot when they get to the finals, but I think they'll make them. Now you can't see what Trevor's laughing at, but Andy's covering up his he notes. Keeps he keeps reading my my notes. I'm sure. I, can't, I did these in the office. I've written one. I've written two things next to Brisbane: discipline and sixth. And I'm sure <laughs> he's just reading. <laughs> So um, you pretty much agree? I pretty much agree with that. And I, I think of all the teams on the park, I would say Brisbane have underperformed the most this season. For the, for the quality and the depth of their squad, they shouldn't be equal bottom, which is what they are. 12 points, you know. So um, big underperformance. I'll agree with Trevor. Discipline is the issue. But again, if they can turn it around, they've got the squad to be able to put together a decent run of results. So I think they'll make the finals. I think they'll finish sixth. D for me. A D. Okay. Uh, currently in seventh position, we have the Wellington Phoenix. Um, I've got them as a B plus. Okay. Because uh, I think they've done well. I think they've recruited well. Um, I think they've kept a, a decent nucleus of the team there. I think they play play pretty good football. Um, I like Ricky Herbert. I think obviously their weaknesses is is not converting drawing positions into wins. Which um, you know, if last weekend's anything to go by, maybe they've found a solution to that. But um, but you know, it, it's almost like it's a double-edged sword. In, in one hand, one of their qualities is they're really difficult to beat, and they they've lost the fewest games in the league. Um, but that's also the negative in that they've not com- they've not converted. Um, when they've been drawing games and dominating they've not been able to convert that into the three points mm-hmm. so you know if, if they had if they won another you know if they converted two or three of those wins you know they'd be right up there with a shout so yeah, definitely so where do you see him finishing seventh <laughs> seventh and what was your grade B plus B plus okay Trevor what have you got to add to that um, yeah they've got great stability in their team I think particularly um, at the back I mean the Gold Coast result was a great one but the fact that they stopped Gold Coast from scoring as well um, you know it's another valid point of, of how they're progressing good team spirit um, great coach and a, a really good import on Eiffel um, the downside is again avoiding those draws and I think they just need to take more more gambles in games um, a similar point was made last season about Liverpool not so much Liverpool this season so I'm not comparing Wellington and Liverpool but but the point I'm making is that, you know, last season, the reason Liverpool didn't win the title was because they drew too many games. And they went back to um, Chelsea under Mourinho. And why he was such a great coach is that he would gamble and he'd lose more games, but he'd get out, you know, he'd win, convert more draws into win. Yeah. And, you know, Ricky's a really good coach and I'm sure he knows this. He just needs to sort of, you know, gamble a little bit more, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes of games at home and stuff. So the strict disciplinarian, Mr. Trahan, is giving what grade? 
uh, giving them a C. A C, and, and where are you positioning them? I think they'll drop down the table. I think they'll be eighth. It was a great uh, performance against Gold Coast, but um, you know, I don't think they're going to kick on. I think a lot of people are going to be expecting us to say they're going to make the finals now and what have you. Especially as I just said that a few minutes ago that they could get up to fifth. But I, I, I think they'll by the end of the season, yeah, they'll be out the finals. Okay. And the final team propping up the bottom half of the table is uh, Adelaide United. Trevor, they're the team in red. You, you look like yeah. you're confused. No, no. I'm, notes. The reason I had that slightly confused look, I kind of struggled with picking out positives. There wasn't much new to that Adelaide side that we haven't sort of pointed out about them before. Mm-hmm. That Lecky coming through, you know, he looks like a, a good prospect. Um, and I still think they've got the ability to beat anyone on their day as they showed when they played Sydney, which is a, a valuable asset to have when we go into the final series. Um, they're going to get Dodd back as well at some point, hopefully, if they can keep him fit he'll be a big player the main negative um, it's going to have to be their defence which last season was their main positive I mean they conceded 19 goals in 21 rounds last season they've nearly conceded that already they've conceded 15 in 12 so far um, so they need to you know, play those two up front in the, in the last couple of rounds and they need to tighten things at the back so I'm going to give them a D um, but saying that I think they are going to um, make the finals I think they're going to be fifth wow Okay. I just think they've got the pedigree to, to put a run together. And what did you give them? A, a D? A D, yeah. D is harsh again. Andy? Um, good cop, bad cop. Good, yeah, good I, teacher. I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd, yeah, whilst the defence is concerned, I'd argue that the, the lack, you know, the... The lack of a real sort of cutting edge up front is what will probably hurt them. I don't think they they they're really sort of hurting teams, and and I think good defences will be able to deal with Adelaide this season. Um, they've also obviously got to try and find a way to beat Melbourne because otherwise that's nine points they're not going to get there every season. Um, I'd probably give them a C minus, um, and I think they're going to finish eighth. I don't think they're going to make the finals. Okay, great stuff. C minus there from uh, from Andy. Must do better. Indeed. Uh, that's all we got time for. But we're going to come back after the break and look at the top five teams, see where they're going to turn out. So see them all together now. Australian football legends John Cosmina and Kevin Muscat have come together for the first time since their headline-grabbing sideline stoush nearly three years ago to become very special members of the Green and Gold Army on tour at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. With over 100 Socceroos caps between them, Cosy and Muskie will be arm-in-arm with the Green and Gold Army in South Africa, and you could be there with them enjoying the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's FIFA authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australia group stage games, four additional World Cup group stage games, transfers to and from games and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 7 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. Back to 442 Insider, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Hello and welcome back to the 442 Insider podcast. And we've been uh, grading the teams in a half-time report. 
teacher Jackson has done a last minute change to the grading system um, after being accused someone just dropped an apple on my desk yeah. so and a headmaster uh, Hansford was uh, castigating him for his boring marking um, so we're looking at the top five now and see how they shake up and how they've uh, been performing so far in fifth position we have the Central Coast Mariners Trevor mm, they love to prove assessment. us yeah they love to prove us wrong don't they the Mariners um, beginning of the season I really thought they were going to um, struggle a big slow kid who's good at maths or something aren't they you know like he's you know, <laughs> Matt you don't, Simon you don't, think, you don't think much of them but they're a little like the Matt Damon or something like that in uh, Goodwill Hunting yeah perhaps yeah. perhaps I mean anyway, they've got on. some good new imports I mean um, the physical side they've had some really good results against some some good sides I think mean, tactically um, Laurie gets it spot on against certain teams um, the, the bad thing they're doing the point I was making earlier consistency um, I just think that they need a run of results and um, they fell away desperately last season um, that might have been something to do with uh, losing a certain player over to Turkey but um, yeah, they need to put a run of results together if they're going to have any chance but that said because of their lofty current position I'm going to give them a B minus B minus but at the the, um, the final spots I think they're going to finish 7th wow controversial <laughs> um, I think they're going to finish um, exactly where they are I think they'll stay in 5th because if they go true to form that means they'll win 11 draw 11 and lose 11 which would put them on 44 points which I think will be enough to get them into the finals um, yeah I think the good points obviously is you know, they're always tough to play against um, and they've, they've always got the ability to go and just spoil the party you know the amount of times you go against you just think they're not going to they're not going to get anything out of that and they end up coming away with a 2 or 3 nil, nil win we've seen it we've seen them go to Melbourne and win we've seen them go to, to uh, Suncorp and win in, in a similar manner so I think they will always have that ability to go to the top sides and take points particularly away from home so I think that will be enough to keep them where they are so I'll give them a C plus See, that kind of assessment is why Andy's up for the sixth form job and you're still doing road crossing travel. I wasn't listening, actually. Uh, that's exactly my point. <laughs> I'm three foot away. <laughs> I was reading my notes for my next point. Uh, team four in fourth position, Perth Glory. Trev? Your assessment of uh, the unruly children of Perth? Yeah, they've sort of uh, made this point a few times, but they've broken that away. Who do they're still good at home? Um, they've got a really good spine through that team. Um, you probably Yelik more than Sergovsky up front. You know, through to Burns and Coin. Um, I th- do think they've been a little bit lucky at times in certain matches, um, but seeing as a you know they got real headline imports in, so I'd be very surprised if they weren't part of the uh, the final setup. Uh, this season I'm going to give them a C plus okay and I think they're going to jump up the table a little bit I think they're going to finish third okay excellent stuff Andy Uh, I'm going to give them a C um, because I think you know, unlike previous seasons, they have spent money, they have recruited well, and we were looking to them as to be contenders, and they're still there or thereabouts, but probably haven't got that consistency that they're looking for. Um, so I think I think if, if it plays out much the same, I think they're struggling with injuries as well. They don't 
get the same 11 out on the pitch consistently um, so I think if they could do that they might have a chance of sneaking up but I don't really see that so I think they're going to stay where they are I'll probably give them give them a C because I think for the squad they assembled they're probably about you, you might look for them to be a little bit closer to the leaders yeah okay and, uh, moving into the uh, star pupil territory in uh, third spot we've got Gold Coast United they're currently Andy. in detention they, Gold they, Coast. they yeah. should be yeah, yeah for, uh, for outrageous behaviour and insult this week um, on the pitch I'd probably give them a C because I think again the, the squad that they've got I would probably think you know having lost one third of their games so far you'd probably say oh, I had that start <laughs> you'd probably say that's that's probably an underachievement off the pitch I'd give them an F um, but yeah so I, I think they'll still finish third okay Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bit harsh here, purely just because based on, you know, the hype and the players they recruited and the fact that, I don't know if you know, they've lost a third of their games and they said they were going to go unbeaten as well. Um, I think, I think they've lost 33 you know, you know, percent of their games. You know, I just well. made that up as well. I, I didn't actually write it down. I, was... I had this from my notes when I was furiously working this morning. Um, in terms of the, you know the positives, they, they've still got some great. You say furiously points. working this yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they've still got you know, great attacking players, and they're one of the best teams on the break in the A League. And they're going to have to sort of get back to that. I mean, I think some teams have figured them out a little bit that they were so great on the break, and they're not being so used. Or there, I think they need to just sort out the defensive organisation as well. Um, all over the shop in the in the last one game, so I'm going to give them an E plus. An E plus. Yeah. Can you even get an E? Uh, yeah, okay, an E you can, plus. You can, e plus you can you do now. I think I've got some in the past. Um, I know that that's quite harsh for a, a team that's third. I think they'll slip down one place and they'll be fourth. E plus. That's very strange. <laughs> okay. Um, second in the ladder, Melbourne Victory. Who's up next? Um, uh, Melbourne. Um, yeah, I think they obviously started pretty slowly, um, where they've normally been very difficult to beat. But they seem to be, they seem to be ominously sort of getting into their stride now. And, and the players that have been underperforming and having a few shaky starts, like Sir Matthew Kemp, are now really starting to to get their act together. Um, Duganzic coming through has been a big bonus. Um, you know, Hernandez still has that ability, as he showed at, at Newcastle, just to create something from 35 yards out of nothing. Which, which, if you're honest, like there's not many teams in this league that have got that, that have got that one player that can win a game with with one moment. Um, so I think Melbourne, I'll give them a B um, because I think they, you know, they've dealt with a few things as well. They've dealt with you know Musket being injured. They've dealt with Olsop leaving. Um, so I think they, they've sort of taken that in their stride, and now they're, they're finding. They're, uh, they're finding their feet again so I'm going to tip Melbourne so I'm giving them a B and I'm going to tip them to finish top top, top stuff Trev mm, ok yeah I'm, I think that that back three they've got now that Vargas Masket and Leia's working really well for them uh, Hernandez has proved his worth because I think that was quite a big risk shelling out the money for him but um, he certainly um, proved that he was worth that investment and it's kind of the same old Melbourne they've picked up where they have from last season despite losing a few players that are, you know aggressive going forward and they're in a great position to um, to top the table and win the grand final again um, even though I just praised their back line they can be at times a little bit susceptible to pace and width like we saw in the Sydney game a little bit concerned about a plan B should Archie or Hernandez not be fit um, I'm still going to give them a B plus and I think they'll top the table too okay 
finally, we've got Sydney FC, top of the table at the moment. But Trev, uh, I'm guessing you're going to put them second? Oh, I definitely am going to put them second, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm going to give them an A-, minus, the only A I'm giving. Ooh. And the reason why I'm giving them that is because they haven't you know, gone out and recruited a load more players. Um, they've taken pretty much the squad that they had um, last season without Ian Fife, which might have made the difference. Um, and they've, you know become a team that didn't make the finals to now one that you know might top the ladder um, and might go on and win the grand final and I think that's more impressive than perhaps what Perth are doing where they've gone out and recruited a load of players even though they desperately needed to um, Colosimo's been brilliant at the back as well so yeah A- minus and, and A- second minus. in the league for them excellent Andy? Yeah, I'd, um, I got them as a B plus. Um, I've got them finishing second. It was toss a coin between Sydney and Melbourne. I think it will probably come down to the results of the, the, the other two head-to-head games. Um, I think the, the big plus positive to me from Sydney has been a proper plan and you know and they actually look like they know what they're doing on the pitch they actually look like there's a system that they're comfortable with um, they're trying to play football even when they're chasing the game there's a patience about their play that hasn't been there before um, they've shown that they don't need John Aloisi to to you know play good football and uh, and score goals so I think that's if you look at where that improvement's come from Colossimo as Trev said missed a lot of last season injured has been a Revelation. I think Mark Bridge has really stepped up. I think Bridge and Brosk. Um, I think Brosk has taken on that forward role, whereas every other coach before has tried to sort of put him into that out on the left. Um, I think he's taken on that extra responsibility of leading the line well. And they, the, the most important thing is, for the first time in four years, we're not getting any leaks out of the Sydney FC camp that there's a player revolt against the coach or certain factions aren't happy and that's got to be a good thing you know everybody seems to be content with the way they've been asked to play the roles they've been asked to play people like Musharlik and, and, and Aloisi are dealing with not being in the team in the right manner um, and I think yeah it's, it's good to see I mean and I, and my one hope for the season is that we're right with our predictions and we get a Sydney Melbourne grand final because I I think for all the other shit that's gone on this season and that we're dealing with with Gold Coast and crowds and stuff like that, it would be such a great centrepiece for the league to finish with a, an 80 or 90,000 sellout grand final to say that's the quality of football here, that's where we're heading yeah. and now let's go to the World Cup. What a great way that would be to finish the season. Great. Well, good stuff. We're uh, finish up with our teachers... Um, role playing game I think we're going to finish work at 3 o'clock and to have 37 <laughs> weeks of holiday <laughs> year, so, uh, I'll see you in February yeah it'd be great um, so join us after the break where we have one last segment where we're going to have a look at round 13 of the A-League and try and pick some winners so join us after that you can provide relief in times of crisis you can help care for the elderly and isolated living alone can show commitment when others turn away. You can do more than you think. Please donate today to the Red Cross Calling Appeal. Call 1-800-811-700. Visit redcross.org.au or donate at Coles Supermarkets. Back to 442 Insider. Brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 10. How big can football get? Welcome back to the 442 Insider and uh, we're going to have a look at the round 13 games on hand this weekend. 
first game up is Brisbane against Newcastle Jets at Suncourt Stadium. Brisbane will be looking to avoid their longest run of consecutive defeats. Never lost five in a row. Trev, do you think uh, they're going to avoid it? Brisbane will definitely win this game. I'm really, really confident. I think this is a, a perfect game for Ange to get his first win. Um, I'm not sure how many returning players that they've got, but they sh- certainly showed a bit of a fighting spirit in the last 15 against Sydney. Um, yeah, the, the scene set for, for that first first win for Ange, and you know the, the Jets can be furiously inconsistent and um, well poor most of the time. So yeah, Brisbane winner. Okay, Andy. Yeah, I think um, I think Craig Moore coming back would be important for them, um, just from an organisational perspective and just a motivational perspective. I think that's important. I think as we talked about, Ange will have probably seen enough encouragement from the Sydney game, even though they lost it, to think that they can go and win that. And the other thing for me is that I really hope to see that that they get a bigger crowd this week because I think what they've done. Um, in terms of listening to the supporters and reducing the tickets to what I think is a re- is a realistic level for the A League, which is fifteen bucks for adults and ten bucks for kids, so a dad can take his son for twenty five bucks. I really hope that the fans do go back in a in a degree. I, mean, I don't think they're going to double the crowd overnight, but it would be good to see them get maybe nine, ten thousand this week, just to show both Brisbane and the other clubs around the league that price is an issue. You know, because we. we had our debate on it and whatever and it would be great if the Brisbane public do vote with their feet and get behind the team because then that helps clubs all around the country yeah it helps fans all around the country because the other clubs will look at it and go price is clearly a, a, a motivational mm-hmm. factor between whether people go and watch the A-League or not and they should be applauded really when another team in Queensland screwing their fans into the ground they're actually doing something and listening to their fans yeah. so well they done, should, they well should done show more. them up they should show the Gold Coast up you know double what the Gold Coast are going to get in yeah. their well, game. forums because I've blog about about this very thing in, in the week and there was a few lads on the forum through the Gold Coast guys that were talking about going to watch the um, the Brisbane, Brisbane game <laughs> good on them good on them uh, Saturday sees Central Coast Mariners versus Adelaide in Canberra uh, no less, where uh, the fans are talking of boycotting it after Canberra not being given a, a team. But I think from the last time there was a game in Canberra, it looked like they boycotted it, boycotted that when they weren't doing it. But um, a slip up against Adelaide, Adelaide United could potentially see the Mariners drop out of the top six for the first time since when, lads? When do you think the last time? Central Coast Mariners went in the top six of the A-League. Right. By the way you're saying it, it's going to be a long time, isn't it? But they were fairly woeful at the end of last season. Um, go on, just give me any date. Oh, I was going to give you a round from last season. OK, go on, give me a round. Give I'll probably round. go uh, round 17 last season. I'll go never. <sighs> September 2006. <laughs> so that's, that's like the first... It's almost never. It's second no, season. Second, season. second season. So since the early rounds of the second season, Central Coast haven't been out the. Uh, That's blown my mind. That That's a it's great start. Pretty amazing. That you got from your FFA release there. Yeah, you got <laughs> sent to your email. Shut up. <laughs> These are all my facts that I've researched. Um, so how do you see this game going? Well, we can, we can figure it out, can't we? Because we know the Mariners what they uh, yep. what they like to do. So they've uh, drawn one loss. This is going to be a draw. Okay. Figured out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that seems. Um, reasonably likely as well. So yeah, draw. We'll see that yeah, I probably agree with that. I think 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. I can see a nil-nil, one-one, or a one-nil win either way. Flick a coin there. I'm going to sit right on the fence. Okay. <laughs> but if I was a betting man, which I am, I'd probably bet on the draw. Okay. Uh, second game on Saturday: Gold Coast United against North Queensland Fury at Skilled Park. One stand. Um, how do we see this going? Excited about this, aren't we? Um, the Gold Coast to win, I think, 2-1. I think it'd be a similar performance as they had with Perth. I don't think it'd be entirely convincing, but I think they'll, they'll kind of get themselves um, over the line. They'll just have enough quality um, to edge out the Fury. I mean, they beat them 5-0 last time they met, I think. So, yeah, Gold Coast just... Okay. See anything differently, Andy? I, I don't know. I've just got a bit of a. I guess it depends on the reaction that you know. This, this has been a, a big week for Gold Coast. They've just taken a thumping, a real thumping at Wellington Phoenix, and then the club has responded with how they have this week. And you've got to think what the players going to, what you know, state of mind of the players going to be when they run out to three empty stands on Saturday. Are they going to be motivated to put that right, or are they going to be like? You know, great. That's great support from the club, isn't it? You know, just when we needed, you know, a bit of a lift. So I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to tip Fury to go there and uh, and upset the um, upset the bookies with a win, because I think Fury will be. Um, will be on a high from getting their first home win I think they'll be confident um, it looks like they've got a, a pretty fully fit team to, sort, to choose from so I'm going to tip them to upset there Excellent stuff uh, Sunday sees Sydney FC play Wellington Phoenix urge everyone to get down there early 2 o'clock is the Sydney Adelaide W League match uh, seeing the ladies come together on that and um, this was with Wellington beating Gold Coast 6-0 it was the first time for almost 6 years that a first place team has lost by more than 5 goals when Parramatta Power oh. defeated then first place Perth Glory 6-0 in November 2003 just off the top of my head there yeah. I wasn't reading it out yeah. I was just surprised picking the FFA that are sending out NSL stats yeah probably someone's probably lost their job for that you know <laughs> you just never see their name again on any press releases um, but Sydney FC Wellington Phoenix uh, it's always a pretty good game the, the, when New Zealand teams have come to Sydney they always seem to do relatively well well yeah Wellington have got a great record against Sydney um, you know in Sydney as well as uh, in Wellington so that they're going to come they're obviously you know a lot of confidence but Sydney have been really really good at home this season I think it's at five from seven something something like that but I mean you know good good at home this season um, and I think that will um, continue against Wellington um, and they love a 2-1 as well Sydney I think they've had four 2-1s or three 2-1s this season and I think they'll get another one then okay Andy yeah I mean the first game between these two like Wellington caused them a, caused Sydney a fair bit of trouble until Sydney got the late goals but um, and so I think I think that'll be a tough game for Sydney I think Wellington will come full of confidence like I say Ricky Herbert seems to love coming to Sydney and, and, and getting a result so um I might tip a draw in that. I think it could be I think it could be a high scoring draw. I think it could be two or three all. Okay. And the final game, Perth Glory against Melbourne Victory, arguably the game of the round. Uh, the Glory haven't lost at home since, you know, if I recall, <laughs> Boxing Day two thousand and eight. So um Is that right? Yeah. They've uh, they go. Yeah, 
I think they're going yeah, for their nine month close. <laughs> I think they're going for their highest consecutive run of undefeated games at seven. I think so. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the research you do for this pod. You're so right. dedicated, aren't you? You're right, though. It is the pick of the round, and um, it's a tough place to go, as you also point out. Um, you know, Melbourne are a good sort of uh, string of form at the moment. I'm going to sit on the fences. I think it's too hard to call. I think the cam. It'll be a draw, score, score draw though. One or two. Score draw. Could it be? Could it, could it be the five draw week? Maybe. Could it be? I think Brisbane are definitely. Could it be? Mm, I don't know. Might be worth a little, uh, little five buck bet. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree. I think. I think the thing with Melbourne is that I think they can always go away and score. So I think that that'll be an interesting thing. Um, Glory. Yeah, stuttering a bit at the moment. I'm, if anything, I'd probably tip Melbourne to go there and win. I think 2-1. OK, that's great stuff, lads. Well, that's uh, round 13 all wrapped up. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the Insider Podcast. Thanks to Simon for twiddling his knobs and getting us all sounding great. And uh, thanks to the lads for uh, putting up with me. That image of Trev furiously working. Yeah, that's uh, never going <laughs> to happen again. Never been accused of that before. Yeah. Um, make sure you join us next week. You can listen to us online or on the Interpipe at au.442.com or uh, at iTunes as well. Yeah, it's that little thing that Apple do. Yeah. So uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you back next week. Thanks a lot. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.